Welcome to the Wisconsin in Focus podcast, powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. And we ask you to subscribe to Wisconsin in Focus wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other of the multiple formats where you can get our podcast. We're recording today on Thursday, January 26th, the final Thursday of January 2023. And joining me is our man at large, our man about town, the bon vivant. Yes, we're talking about the one and only Benjamin Yount. How are you today, Ben? Bon vivant. Wow. I thought Bon Iver was was Wisconsin fancy. Bon vivant. I uh, I I took exactly oh, yeah. zero French, but I have I've watched a number of uh, Wes Anderson films. So I'm I'm, you know, barely coherently unlinguistic. We are all in a Wes Anderson film. I don't dress well so enough. You know. I, I I don't have a bow tie or a, a corduroy suit. I if you if you I, ever I, get the I, chance, I if you are a Wes Anderson fan, there's a, a there's a great sort of YouTube content creator, Honest Trailers, and they do the entire Wes Anderson film collection. And when they point out just all of the exact similarities in every single movie, you just you're, you're just struck. I don't know somebody reading a book, somebody in a uniform, somebody at a grave, somebody reading a book in a uniform at a grave. It's mm-hmm, just it is the mm-hmm. funniest thing. The only the only one that is better is when they do all of the Tarantino movies and they make it obvious that he has a thing for feet and you will never be able to watch <laughs> Pulp Fiction or any of the other. You'll, you'll just you'll, you'll be like, oh, now I get it. I gave her a foot massage. Come on. Yeah, no, well, you've seen know what your technique is, but my my technique of foot massage completely different. Did you uh, you've seen the SNL parody of uh, Wes Anderson? I'm I'm sure it's it's quite clever. Oh, the, the midnight coterie of with, sinister uh, intruders. Yes, yeah, with, 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 with Alex yes. Baldwin oh, doing the the narration. Oh God, that's no, it yes. is it is phenomenal. It's absolutely brilliant. And SNL is extremely hit or miss the past 20 years or so. But that one, they they nailed it. It was very funny. So I guess we should probably jump into news stories that emanate. See, that's that's another like French word that kind of reminds people of Wes Anderson. And uh, let's let's go to Wisconsin and, and talk about what's happening here. Apparently. You, your governor, Governor Tony Evers, delivered his state of the state address this week. And what did he say? What's new? Uh, the, the, the governor in his state of the state speech are going to have to, to compete with all of the other noise here at World Broadcast Headquarters. Uh, everyone's decided to come home and the trains are, are running on time. But the, the, the governor gave the first of his two big speeches. And the way that we do things in Wisconsin is we have a biennium, uh, one budget every two years. And so what it means in practical terms is that the governor really only has to work once every other year. 
Then he gives a state of the state speech in which he sort of lays out the broad topics of what he wants to focus on. And then he's supposed to come back a couple of weeks later and deliver a budget speech that is generally supposed to have a few more specifics as to just what he wants and where he wants to spend. But because so much of what the governor wants in the broad sense comes down to spending money, his state of the state speech is a preview of the budget speech. And so the governor, Tuesday evening, and they do it seven o'clock at night, which I, I don't know if that's what most states do in Illinois, where I worked for years. They did it in the middle of the day. And we as reporters really like that because yeah, we that's could sweet. just have one big story in the middle of the day and call it a day here. You got to stay up late and then you got to track people down. But anyway, I'm being lazy. The, the governor stuck with his theme of more. And when he had his inauguration speech, the governor made it clear that he was going to want more. He was going to want more money. He was going to want more taxes. He was going to want an expansion of government programs. He was going to want more for environmental protections. He was going to want more in the social justice realm. And so when he stated the state speech, he, he followed that up and, and started to flesh out a few numbers. The biggest number is $3.3 billion. The governor wants to increase spending in the state by $3.3 billion. $1.3 billion would go to new programs, new mental health programs. He wants to start up a statewide PFAS testing program. He wants to do some stuff with workforce development. Every single one of the agencies under the governor's control has asked for more money. And so some of that $1.3 billion would go there because Tony Evers is a education guy. Before he was governor, he was the state superintendent of schools. Before that, he worked at DPI, which is the, the bureaucratic entity that looks over education in Wisconsin. And before that, he was a public school administrator. He is, this is a dude who has spent his entire career in education. And so unsurprisingly, he asked for $2 billion more in his state of the state, his his theory, his thought, his idea is to simply hire more teachers. And the way that the governor put it is kids are behind. They are, are falling behind. And the best way to solve that, he said, is to shrink classes and give kids more instruction time. And in order to do that, you have to hire more teachers. The governor also laid out his sort of general idea on tax relief. He's not a fan of the Republican plans to cut taxes. Well, at least not the way that Republicans want. The governor has talked about wanting a tax cut for middle income families, but just what a middle income family is remains undefined. The, the governor wants to use, which was on Tuesday, uh, a $6.6 billion state budget surplus to pay for all of this. And... This is the rub that what the governor wants and what is going to happen are completely different things because the Republicans in the state capitol write the budget. One of the other highlights out of the governor's speech was this proposal to send 20% of the state's sales tax revenue to local governments. This is the so-called shared revenue that we've talked so much about and that we will continue to talk so much about this year. 
there is a general sense that Republicans are finally open to increasing shared revenues. Devin Lemahue said earlier this month, inflation has hurt families, but it's also hurt governments. But 20% of the state sales tax would be millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Republicans are expected to say maybe 1% of the state's sales tax, certainly not 20%. As you would expect, Republicans at the state capitol universally panned this speech. Almost every Republican to the man, to the woman, said that this was nothing more than a liberal spending wish list and said it's not going to happen. Dewey Strobel, the Republican state senator from Cedarburg, said at every turn, this governor finds new ways to spend the hard-earned resources of Wisconsin taxpayers. It is the Madison knows best mentality on steroids. And that was repeated over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. The quote from Van Wangard, the senator down in Racine, not one word of Governor Evers' state of the state address was spent on the issues facing Wisconsin families, which is inflation, not a single solitary word. He did use the word public safety. He absolutely has no game plan to addressing what people are scared of crime in. And this is sort of the, the universal response of Tony Evers once more. Again, this is his theme for 2023. And the Republican response to that theme is, no, we're not going to spend more. Republicans remind everyone at every turn that they worked very hard for a decade to make some fiscally conservative decisions that have put Wisconsin in its financial, in its fantastic financial situation. And they're not going to turn around and squander it, as they say, just because this governor continues to ask for more. And this is, again, a reminder. And so much of this is, you, you know how this is. You, you edit the copy every day. So much of this is all connected. Governor Evers, during his first two budgets, the two during his first term, he asked for more then. He wanted a billion dollars each in new taxes in those budgets, and he wanted anywhere between six and eight billion dollars more in new spending in each of those budgets. He pitched a Medicaid expansion. He pitched legalized marijuana. He pitched all manners of things, including a higher gas tax, and they were all rejected. So no one is surprised that the governor stood up in one of his two big speeches and said, hey, let's spend more. Uh, and and this, is, this is the interesting part here, because last time, two years ago, when the Republicans wrote their own budget and dropped it on the governor's desk, there was a pending election. And the governor very smartly simply signed the Republican budget and then went out and campaigned and said, hey, I gave you a billion dollar tax cut. He didn't give anybody anything. Republicans did. But now that there is not a pending election, now that there's not a sense of, well, the voters are going to have their say here in a couple of months. If you don't if you don't sign this budget, it will be interesting to see how much of a take it or leave it spending plan Republicans will give this governor. This will all be complicated by the story that we filed early Thursday that shows that Wisconsin's record-setting budget surplus is now even more record-setting-ing. It's at $7.1 billion, billion, or it yeah. will be there by July. Right. So, that, that yeah, that's amazing. I, I read that this morning and just went, holy Toledo. That's, that's a boatload of money. 
It's it. You, you got to keep in mind that there are some states. The, the the annual state budget in Wisconsin is about forty billion dollars. So this is this is becoming some serious money. Seven billion to put it into perspective. I'm I'm almost certain that's larger than the entire state budget of Idaho uh, or Montana or either of the Dakotas. You know, th- this is this is an awful lot of money. This this latest update, the new money in the surplus comes from cash that was set aside that wasn't spent. Some of this is getting federal money for Medicaid. There was a higher match during the pandemic that allowed the state to save some money. Some of this was that lawmakers had set aside some cash, about $200 million for the elimination of the personal property tax. That didn't happen. So they saved $200 million there. That will lapse. One of my favorite state government and accounting terms back to the state as of the end of June of this year. Uh, And so this only adds to the conversation, not just about the governor's budget, not just about what it is that Tony Evers wants to spend money on. This adds to the conversation about tax reform. And this is the dominant theme at the Capitol this spring. Sure, we want to know what we're going to spend on this. We want to know what we're going to spend on that. But Republicans want to move to a flat tax, take our tax rates, which can go 7.65, I believe, is the highest personal income tax rate and lower everything to a flat three and a quarter percent. Republicans say this would reward middle class families, higher earning families, business owners in particular. Democrats say it's nothing but a yeah, it's it it is a it is a tax cut for millionaires, even though there aren't that many millionaires here in Wisconsin. There are a lot of a lot of thousand heirs, a lot of hundred thousand heirs, but not an awful lot of of millionaires. And so as we move forward, this idea of the surplus, the tax rate and what we're going to spend money on, they are all hand in hand. They are all intertwined. We filed a story earlier this week, I, I, I want to say Monday, maybe, maybe Tuesday, Devin Lemahue, the top Republican in the Wisconsin Senate, said that the plan that's out there now to go to a flat three and a quarter percent may not be the plan that actually ends up on the governor's desk. It, it may not be the final plan, but he said it is the plan that causes the least amount of trouble. There are some Republicans, an awful lot of good, well-intended think tanks, and and even former Governor Walker, who want to see Wisconsin go to a zero income tax. There are nine states in the country that don't have an income tax, most famously Tennessee, Texas, and Florida. And the argument to going to a zero income tax in Wisconsin is that it would make us competitive with Tennessee and Texas and Florida. The issue, and even an issue for Republicans among Republicans, is that if Wisconsin eliminates the personal income tax altogether, you have to make up that tax money somehow. And that would be a higher sales tax or higher taxes in some other form. And the point that Lemahue made was if we go to a flat three and a quarter percent, and his plan would take us, take Wisconsin to that flat tax by 2026, if the state goes to a flat tax, there will be enough money in the budget surplus to guarantee that the state won't have to raise other taxes immediately. And that's going to make this a bit more palatable. 
Of course, Democrats aren't going to support any of these plans. The question is, what will Governor Evers support? And this then, of course, gets you to the fantastic speculation game that we have every year of will there be a grand bargain? What will the governor want in return? What are Republicans willing to give up in trade? And it's just that's a game that you can just go over the cliff with because nobody knows and nobody will see. One of the other stories that we fought while we're talking about the budget surplus, Bruce, uh, the state bar in Wisconsin has decided that, well, it's not decided. They are asking for some of the surplus, because they're warning of what they say is going to be a constitutional crisis. We have a problem in Wisconsin of there are not enough public defenders. That's been known for years. We're seeing right now that there's a growing problem of not having enough prosecutors. Dodge County, which is sort of over in the Madison, Dane County area, it's in that periphery. They saw their full-time district attorney resign. And the DA quit because almost every single one of his assistants quit or left or took a different job or just simply retired. And so now in Dodge County, there are two part-time prosecutors who are handling the cases. Fortunately, Dodge County is not a hotbed of crime, but there are still traffic tickets. There are still fights at bars. There are still one car crashes and drunk drivers. And so there's business to be done in Dodge County. And as the state bar reminded us this week, justice delayed is justice denied. And the bar is making a case to use some of the surplus to spend more on assistant district attorneys, to spend more on public defenders. Right now, starting pay for an assistant prosecutor in Wisconsin particularly in in smaller counties, is maybe 50000 maybe a little bit more. Now, that may not be a bad salary in some places, but you got to remember to be a prosecutor, you got to go to college, then you got to go to law school, and then you got to buy all those suits because you got to show up for court in a suit. And fifty grand is not that much when you can have many of these same attorneys go get jobs with with cities as corporation councils or go get other jobs where they're paying 10, 20, sometimes even thirty thousand dollars more to start. Pay for a public defender is about twenty five bucks per hour. And again, these are mainly private attorneys who are contracted through the court system to take on these cases. But you know, I don't know anybody who's looking to do a murder trial for 25 bucks an hour uh, at Quick Trip, the standard bearer of gas stations in Wisconsin. You can make $18 an hour working overnight, filling up big buddies and making their tornadoes. By the way, just an unsanctioned plug, the tornado uh, at Quick Trip, one of the best breakfasts that there is. Their fried chicken's really good if you get it fresh, but if you take it home, eh. I love me some quick trip, though. But that's this again. This is all part of this giant bundle. And we will see more, hear more, get more. You will be able to read more uh, when the governor delivers his budget speech here in a couple of weeks. And after that, that's when the budget hearings begin. And just sort of for the process nerds out there, the Joint Committee on Finance, which is controlled by Republicans in the legislature, they will do the heavy lifting. They will write the budget. They will deliver this to the governor here at the end of the spring session. And so the governor can ask and he can want and he can wish and he can publicly call for it. He can hold listening sessions and news conferences across the state. But at the end of the day, this budget will be written by Republicans in the bowels of the Capitol and their 
priorities for this year are vastly different than the governor's. Okay, well, we've got a few extra minutes and uh, I would prefer to sit and talk about Wes Anderson films. But you just submitted a story, just came in over the transom and uh, the the copy boy or the copy dog, as I should say, Athena, my faithful hound, just uh, retrieved it and brought it to my desk. And it's about the new Marquette Law School poll. And they do a pretty good job over at the Marquette Law School with their polling. And uh, they've come up with some interesting numbers. And I'll let you elaborate because you do it far better than I. Yeah, this this is one that, again, not surprising, but it is noteworthy, I guess would be the, the the lame tease. The headline is that nearly half of voters don't want Trump or Biden to run again. And if you're editing that, uh, I sent it to you nearly half a voter. So you're going to have to add the S there. Uh, this comes down to Joe Biden is very, 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 very popular among Democrats. 83% of Democrats in this poll say they like Biden. Donald Trump is very, 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 very popular among Republicans. Seventy percent of voters in this poll like Donald Trump. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they want them to run again. Forty eight percent of Republicans don't want Trump on the 2024 ticket. Fifty one percent of Democratic voters don't want to see Joe Biden run for reelection. That means just under half of Republicans, if you're following along with the public school math, just under half of Republicans say Trump should be one and done. Just over half of Democrats say Joe Biden should be one and done. And if you put them in a, in a head-to-head matchup, it's a 40-40 tie for both of them, which means there's lots of room for other candidates to grow. The point that Charles Franklin, who runs the MU poll, pointed out is that this is a change. While the, the two, Trump and Biden, have been very popular among their own voters for a long time, you're starting to see a split in the number of Republicans who don't want Trump and the number of Democrats who don't want Biden. But you're also seeing a difference when it's compared head to head. A hypothetical 2024 matchup is now 40-40. Back in November, Franklin said it was 44-34 for Biden, which means while Biden has lost percent of his support, President Trump has gained six points in his support. And, uh, you know, momentum and swaps and gaps and all of these things matter. It, Donald Trump is, by the way, not the most popular Republican, according to this poll. It's Ron DeSantis. Seventy one percent of voters said that they have a favorable view of DeSantis. Seventy for, for Trump. Biden is by far the most popular Democrat. Bernie Sanders comes in second at 75%. Poll gives Kamala Harris a 67% favorability rating. That means she is the third most popular Democrat. They also had Gretchen Whitmer and Pete Buttigieg, but they weren't close. The interesting thing is that while 67% of Democrats like Kamala Harris, 23% don't. So two thirds thumbs up, one third thumbs down. And she is far and away the least popular Democrat. And I think that that just anecdotally, if you certainly watch any amount of cable news, you will see that. If you're wondering who the most unpopular Republican in the poll is, it is Mike Pence. 
33% of Republicans don't like Mike Pence. The second most unpopular Republican candidate in this poll is Donald Trump, which shows exactly where the Republican Party is because there is a growing sense of just with the former president that 33% of people who are not fans of the former vice president, that likely goes back to the 2020 election. And you still have about a third of Trump voters, third of Republicans who think that Mike Pence could have, should have done something about the election that saw Joe Biden won. And so, you know, as long as you have that high of a number of people who are wearing the 2020 election on their sleeve, there's going to be some interesting questions to answer when it comes time to vote for candidates, certainly in the 2024 primaries. And again, in the 2024 election for president. Well, um, one last question, Ben. What does the poll say about the most popular color for school buses? <laughs> I, I would go I'd go out on a, on a limb and say yellow. Aha! Kamala Harris loves yellow Who school buses. Who doesn't love she also a loves yellow school, school bus? Buses. I don't know that in Wisconsin we have different colored school buses. I don't think we do anywhere in the United States, but Oh, I thought there used to be white buses. No. I, I know that, that there, there's this whole trend of people who who buy old school buses and renovate them and make them into sort of van life living situations. A, a schoolie is what it is yeah, called. The, the, the Partridge family. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it is all painted. The, the, the Partridge. We should do that. We should have Partridge family painted buses. That would get some attention as they roll through the neighborhoods here in Wisconsin. And we'll have, well... Susan Day and Shirley Jones. It'll be wonderful. So uh, circa 1971, of course. So anyway, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Ben, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I appreciate all your insights. And I think you covered for me quite a bit while I was gone for a few days. So um, on air, I'd like to thank you. Behind your back, I thank you. Um, you're, You're a terrific fella and I do appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. You bet. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network, and you can find all of the Center Square's great podcast at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Bruce Walker, Great Lakes Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Listen for another episode of Wisconsin in Focus with Ben Yount next week.